for me, football was the thing. What did you play in football? I played running back and um, like safety slash corner. Uh, if I was taller, guys, you guys wouldn't see me here. I'd be playing somewhere else. So another sport, you know what I mean? So Calm down. We know how tall you are. It's fine. <laughs> it worked out a certain way. You're supposed to be doing jiu-jitsu and MMA. Yeah. I just like the fact that you're like, yo, if I had found a genie and asked for a few extra inches of height, I would not be here on this podcast. And it's like, I'd be doing football. <laughs> Sam, we, we got Allegedly. We we'll see. We, we, I was like, yeah, try the statistics of getting into football as well. What's up, everybody? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast, Rafa Sparsa, coming to you with another great installment of the Grappling Hour. How are you doing today? I hope well. It's rhetorical. Please don't answer. What I want to say is, before we actually get to our guest, who we are visiting here at beautiful 10th Planet, Thousand Oaks, we'll get back to him in a moment, is if you guys are watching this and you like the show, do me a solid. You can come support us by going on over to high.page backslash grappling hour. What do you get if you go there? You can become a member of this show and for just five bucks a month, you can see our interviews 30 days before anybody else. And I promise you this, we get all the top names in the industry. So we make sure that we are getting all the ADCC trials winners. We make sure that we get everybody who goes on who's number one, who's willing to talk or who can talk. Not all of them can, just saying. I do my best. And if you like that stuff, you see it 30 days. If you pay a few extra dollars, you can see tape studies, you can see people roasting my competition footage. Yeah, we talk with the athletes and they roast my competition footage because it's pretty funny. And you can also check out a few different elements and things along the way. So we have a lot of different goodies that we are providing for people. And it's my hope that you, the viewer, can enjoy what it is that we have to offer. So if that's anything that sounds interesting or something that you would like to do or see, then please, please become a subscriber and uh, support the show. It would mean the world to us. Additionally, you can join us, like, subscribe, and comment on our YouTube page if you're watching it there. And uh, if you don't know what we're going to talk about in the comment section, like you have nothing to talk about, we'll give you a prompt by the end of the episode if you stick all the way through. And you can also join us on the Discord. That's it. That's as easy as it is. So very stoked that you guys are joining us on this episode. Let me tell you about our guest real quick. So I've been watching our guest compete in the jiu-jitsu scene, and he's been tearing it up. He's been doing excellent work. He has done excellent work at Who's Number One. He's done excellent work just on all of the competitive scenes possible out this way. And he decided to challenge himself and start getting into more MMA. And just recently at Spar Star, he had a very, very dominant performance there. And that just prompted me to say, you know what? I think it's time for us to actually meet in person to do this interview in person. So I'm very happy to actually bring on for the very first time one, Ben Lou Newen. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thank so, you for having me on. Let me say this. I'm going to fuck up your name and I did because I know it's no. Lou Win. But how do you say your first name? Teen. Teen. Kind of like teenager. Okay. So why is the H there? Because whenever I see it's it. Vietnamese. It's but Vietnamese. bro, it, yeah. when it happens in my brain, I have Ron Burgundy disease. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, when I was in the car, I go, I have it. 
And then literally as I'm doing the intro, I go, I don't have it anymore. It's gone. <laughs> In the time that I've been here, I literally forgot how it's to pronounce your name. Visual, you know, you, you see the name spelled <laughs> out and you're like, oh, the H is there. I got to pronounce it. But like, isn't it yeah. such a, an actual like thing that people will yell at you like, your name's hard. Okay, bro. So how many people have mispronounced your name over the time? Too many. That's why I just go by Lou. You know, I'm like, just call me. So Lou. you go by Lou. Yes. Okay, yes. but it's the middle name though, right? Or it's no, the middle part. Uh, well, my my name is uh, Tian Lu Win. Lu Win is my last name. So I, oh. I decided to add on my mom's last name on That's top awesome. of it. Yeah. Okay. And because also to to invite in the Vietnamese community, you know what I'm saying? Listen, bro. I just want to make sure that this man. <laughs> when you do that, I like that you're just like, listen. I'm gonna go by Lou. We're just gonna make it easy because. The problem with Lou in America is when we hear that, we go, oh, so Lou, like a plumber, uh, like <laughs> Captain Lou Albano. So when you think about that, I'm like, is that your first name? This is very tricky. Is it backwards? Is it like us brown Mexicans where you're like, you get 15 names, bro. Yeah. It just has to all be in the accent. So my apologies on that. But I want to tell you this. Uh, I've been following your, your trajectory in jiu-jitsu, and it, it was very, very impressive to the point where I had friends who... I don't know if they ever competed against you, but you were always somebody who you could be somebody that they would compete against. And I was always like, damn, dude, he's going to be a problem. Like, I, I like the way he rolls. I know he works with Raimi, so that's a double problem. But I've had such respect for you. I guess the first question off the top of this whole thing is, why MMA? Because you're doing so well on the jiu-jitsu side. I just thought you had a good thing going. Why go to the other side? Yeah, so uh, I actually originally started jiu-jitsu uh, at first, it was kind of like, ah, oh, weight loss, uh, whatever. Not really. But it was for MMA purposes. Mm. Um, I had a friend that talked about it all the time and, you know, all this. And we kind of just got to talking. I really, like, enjoy watching it. And then I started doing jiu-jitsu. And then, really, it's actually, I was only doing it for MMA. But then jiu-jitsu took over to some degree. So, to some degree, I, like, I did more jiu-jitsu than I needed, actually. Interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of like fell in love with jujitsu. I liked like the ADCC rule set. I started competing on that scene and so on and so forth. And I did find a lot of success. And the success reeled me into jujitsu more so than actually um, doing jujitsu and then, you know, converting over to some degree, if, if that makes sense. It does. It was just from an outsider's perspective. I just saw you getting such momentum on the jujitsu side. And it happens where sometimes you're like, hey, Guys, yeah. secret. I was always planning to go to MMA. And I'm just saying, as a selfish jiu-jitsu guy, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, things were gonna go so well, and I want you to do so much more. And I get it. You can always do both. You can always do that. But I just I was such a fan of your work and what you were doing. Thank you, man. And what I saw that you were doing, and you were kind of alluding to this when we were just kind of setting up and we had a few moments to chat, was you were kind of alluding to the fact that you're this showman. So you really like playing it up because you're like, I have no problem being the heel. And I was like, I'm aware. I've seen you do some things that have garnered some attention. First and foremost, in this fight, you were crawling toward the camera like a stripper who didn't know where her dollars were. <laughs> Why a stripper? It could be, it could be anything. What, yeah. what, you tell me what it was supposed to look like because when you did it, you had these eyes that I go... This is a stripper that's on some some sort of drug, some sort of volume. And then all of a sudden you gave it this great performance. And I was like, well, I can't really talk too much shit. Yeah. But it definitely to me was like, all right, he likes to do that. When I've seen you at like major events, you're not playing the heel, but you're definitely riling up the crowd. You're getting them more involved. So where does that come from? Because in my eyes, when I see you out there, 
I think that's good business for jujitsu. So where does that come from, from, from your perspective? Uh, it's probably just who I am, man. You know, uh, I, to some degree, I'm like this cocky, arrogant guy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's something I enjoy doing, you know, and that's not to say like, you know, the people around me aren't, I don't care for them or anything like that. It's just at the end of the day for me is, it's a show. It's fun. Um, when you're a fighter, I've talked about this before is when you're a fighter, you are an entertainer when, whether you're doing jujitsu or MMA or boxing, it doesn't matter. You're an entertainer at the end of the day, right? You get paid to entertain, not really not to fight, right? It's really for entertainment. So I enjoy that. I, I like the showboating. I like every aspect of it. I used to wrestle in high school and that was also the thing for me. You know, I like to go off, you know, make it fun, make it, you know, fun for the people to watch, man, you know? Um, and if, if you guys wrestled, you guys all know, like, wrestling, there's not a lot of people that watch wrestling unless you're, like, in a big wrestling school. Uh, most people watch football and things like that. So for me, it was like, oh, like, the people that show up, I want to make it fun for them. They, mm. they, they, they got to enjoy this, you know? So I, one of my favorite moves is actually the twister, Eddie Bravo. Uh, so when I, one of my, he's not watching moves, this, you're good. Okay. <laughs> well, for anyone who attempt, attempt planet, um, so one of my favorite moves in wrestling was what well, they call it a guillotine, right? I surprisingly, I haven't really used it. So we'll see what's up. Um, but that was one of my favorite moves just cause it was like the goon move and it was fun, yep. you know? Um, but I've, I've, I'm on a different path now where I very much enjoy more of the, how can I make things just fun, but also get me to success. I want to point this out to you because mm -hmm. again, from the outside perspective, when I see you, I know the guys who are actually trying too hard. Yours is in the realm of fun to me. So yeah. it never got into the realm of like, oh, this dude's a douchebag. It was just like, oh, I think he's just trying to get us more excited about this. Yeah. And, and to me, those are the reasons why I would say like, I want to interview you. If I thought it was an actual douchebaggery kind of thing, I'd be like, I'm not that interested. No, because I, I, I enjoy and I appreciate people. You know, like that's, that's deep down who I am, right? Yeah. Like if the, the people around me, the people that help me train, the people that coach me, the everybody, right? My sponsors, all that, they all help me to some degree for me to not appreciate them would be, I think, stupid. So, um, yeah, sure. Does it come off sometimes if, if you look at it on some spectrum, yeah, you look bad or whatever. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the end of the day, like. It's about the audience. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about that guy. It's about the audience, right? So as long as like, like you enjoy it, thank you. Absolutely, you know? man. And again, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. So I have a high marker for people doing it. So when I see it done at a level that I don't think is good, maybe I have more like, hey, bud, we're not that funny. Because yeah. by and large, the best person at it in our sport is Gordon, right? Yeah. So if you look at Gordon Ryan and he's doing these trolls, that wouldn't even fly on national television for a major audience. It works for us because we're a niche audience. Yes. But whenever I look at it, I go, dude, this is so lame. But yeah. he's speaking facts, or at least a majority of facts that are interpreted in his, I'm great. Yeah. But when he's talking about that way, I'm like, it's just not funny. Yeah. That's why when you see somebody like Craig Jones respond to him, Craig doesn't have to do any work. He just goes, hey, look at this guy. And you go, ah, shit, man, yeah. what a great efficiency. So our, our sport is just learning how to do it. 
I just always have appreciation for those guys who are doing it because they're hyped, they're in the moment, and they're having fun. So that's, uh, that's, that's a key point that I like that you point out there. It's like, you know, uh, a lot of people aren't in the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my coaches, Coach Ben, he talks to me about this a lot when it comes to competing and all that. And I think that part is very, very crucial. You have to be in the moment. You have to enjoy every little aspect of it, right? Whether it's, you know, getting your hand tape, whether, whether it's, I'm referring to MMA, obviously, uh, the walkouts, right? Whether it's maybe shaking your opponent's hand or not or whatever. You have to kind of enjoy every little aspect of it. And for yeah. me, I love it all, you know. Um, and I'll say this. I always thought I wanted to fight MMA and all that. I, when I walked into the cage and I looked at the lights and I just hear the crowd, the people, and you know, being in that cage and dark and you know, all that, oh my God, never felt like I've been like home until mm. that. I was like, this is where I belong. There was nervousness. There was, you know, I'm a little, you know, this new thing, whatever, I can get hurt. But man, that feeling. I can't, I can't even explain it, you know? I get it. Uh, People don't always know this, but it's a drug. It's an adrenaline and it's hard to replicate. Like even on your hardest days at your home gym, it will never feel like that because you can't replicate that feel, the lights, the pressure and the ability, the anxiety to perform. Not the nervousness, like, oh, I'm going to suck. It's like, no, I want to perform. Let me go. And you're waiting and waiting and then you were unleashed and you get this moment and you have a great fight like you did. And we'll talk about that. But I just want to point out that from, again, the outside perspective, you didn't look out of place. So whatever was happening internally, to me, it looked like you competing at jujitsu. It looked like you competing on a big stage in jujitsu. So you looked uh, very normal to me in that sense. What I would like to know is when you were in that fight, it went all over the place. But you started at the very beginning and you said that you let the crowd get to you in a different interview. And I wanted to explore that because I still thought you had a good round. Maybe in your perspective, it was closer than you wanted it to be. But from my perspective, I was like, I think you won it and that your striking, your your high kicks looked awesome. And I didn't expect that from you, but I was very pleased with how you integrated it because you found very, very good angles when you were doing it. Yeah. Uh, I guess to answer that, the, the, the crowd aspect of it, mm. um, I just wasn't used to it yet. Um, I, I, I loved it, but I just wasn't used to it. And it was just for me, like, because I've done a lot of jujitsu tournaments and, you know, whether it's Fight to Win, WNO, Subversive, all these great tournaments, right? Um, they do have a stage, they do have all that, but it's not the same. Yeah. There's another level to it. And once I felt that, I was like, oh, like, I'm kind of getting affected by it. But the, I guess the, the main thing is I recognized it and I changed it. Because mm. I was like, okay, I am a little bit, you know, not in my element when I was striking. Because I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, it's terrible. I, I can strike way better than this. I know I can strike way better than this. So when I rewatch it, I'm like, Ugh, I'm cringing. So I, I know there's another level, and I, I was glad at least I, in that moment I knew, oh, I'm not striking as I should be. Mm-hmm. So the next round I had to change it up. Yeah. Right? Um, well, also, I've, I've mentioned before, like, you know, I, I saw my coach, made eye contact, and I knew, okay, we got to change the game. 
we can't be striking no more, you know, like, <laughs> I, I can't, I gotta keep this face pretty, you know, I gotta show up to, to teach kids and classes. And- I hate to break it to you, you don't have to look pretty to teach jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the amount of people and the people who are instructing it, but that yeah. is not a, a prerequisite. That is true, that is true. You want to stay pretty for you, and I get that it. That is true. <laughs> but when you are striking, we're all critical of ourselves. Here's what I, amateur analysis. Uh-huh. I think you had to start that way. And here's why. Okay. I think when you are primarily known for your jujitsu, but you have a background in multiple areas, you have to get some respect on the feet because so many times they look at people who are jujitsu people and they go, that's all they do. Right? So you got some respect. You were able to connect. And then I saw like, what was great about it is you got a little sampler plate of all of your stuff. So like, I never thought you had high kicks. Yeah. I saw that there. And then round two, you said, all right, we're going back to bread and butter. Wrestling, you found your angles without even an issue. Like you found your connection. You found your ability to take him down to the point where when we got to that third round, you looked at that and that back mount was great. At the end of the second, I think we were talking about this today. We, we got to roll yeah. and I got to experience how you were attacking that arm because I saw the transition. It was very similar. And uh, that dude was saved by the end of that round. Like you were close on it. And it's not to say you would have gotten it for sure, but your technique looked real tight. Yeah. So when we were rolling today, I was like, well, I want to pay extra special attention to this because it felt exactly like where you're supposed to be. So even though it felt like maybe it's not coach's game plan where you wanted to be, maybe yeah. you, f- you know that you can do a better job. It got all that out of your system. Like yeah. now you don't have to worry about getting respect on the feet. Yeah. I mean, this, this next fight, November 25th, you're going to see, like, like I said, we've been with jujitsu, man. Every time I'm on the stage is another person. Mm-hmm. Right. And because my striking is so new, it, it's going to be drastic. It's the same mm-hmm. way of like, you know, if I pull up a tape of me when I first started jujitsu and then like two weeks after and I competed like, Oh, that's not the same guy. Right. And then two weeks after that, it's not the same guy. And then so on and so forth. Yeah. And so for me, it's always developing new games, new games, new games constantly. I don't, you know, playing the same thing is cool, but that, that bores me a little bit, yeah. you know? So I, I like the ability to, um, I like the, the process of skill acquisition. So I'm just always looking to do new stuff, whether everywhere, you know, um, and the high kick. I stretch a lot, man. So I'm flexible. I can definitely look at that. <laughs> yes, 100%. I, <laughs> I see your flexibility. And uh, when we were rolling, I was kind of like, oh, he doesn't care where he's getting altered to. Like, your <laughs> arm's over this way. At one point, I was trying something, and I was just like, I, you know, most people would tap here. And uh, <laughs> this is a very nice and friendly roll. I don't feel the need to do anything here. He, he has some... Guys, he has some tricky stuff, right? You roll, <laughs> I was like, no. I, I will say he he was great with me, like he he was letting mm-hmm. me work. But mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is some weird stuff. I gotta explore this. <laughs> I was, I, I literally was thinking, damn, if this is an MMA fight, I can get my face punched in. This is great. I might take this. I'm gonna be so, real, real with you because the way you were rolling, I thought about trying to punch you a couple times. <laughs> I was like, yo, I I don't want this dude to be a problem anymore. And I I legitimately like because I would do this look to you that was like. Hi, don't make me do this. Don't. And you were just like, nah, man, let's just keep going from here. And I go, 
this is a really bad position. Uh, but I, I, again, forthcoming. A lot of my stuff, when you're rolling with somebody who's good and you're kind of going back and forth and there's a good ebb and flow, is I go, all right, well, you're going to make me resort to all the pro wrestling nonsense. And that <laughs> shit great. hurts. They're but great. like, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I yeah, was right. trying to tell you this. I'm like, uh, the, my rule with pro wrestling stuff, if I use the move, so I hit people with Boston Crabs all the time. Uh -huh. I hit all of these dumb moves. Nobody's afraid of getting armbarred with me. Everybody's afraid of like, yo, I'm going to end up in a sharpshooter. Like this dude's going to catch me with this stuff. So as a result of that, I always say, I don't do it to people I've never rolled with and I don't do it to civilians. Meaning, if you're not a pro wrestling fan, I'm probably not going to hit you with a pro wrestling move. Yeah. But if we're running out of tricks and we're about 40 minutes into it, I'm just like, well, I've shown him my uh, transition into uh, deep half four times. Uh, okay, I guess we're going Rings of Saturn is uh, the move by Perry Saturn, which is not fun and compresses the neck. And you were just handling it like a boss. And I go, you, you good, buddy? And you're like, yeah. And I go, dude, is um, masochist. <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people that I train with, they know how I train. Like, I, I like to take it to that edge, yeah. you know. Um, so I guess a little background story of how I got into leg locks to some degree, right? Um, every guy, I guess, or every person gets into it because of John. Uh, but, and I, to some degree, did. Sure. Uh, but one of the main things, though, for me was the shootout. Right, this yeah. this moment, and I can just remember the first time I feel it is this moment. Whether you're in fifty fifty, whatever, and anyone could catch anyone at any time, like that that scary feeling, you know. And that is the drug for me too. It's like, whoa, like I can get broken, but I can also break him. So, <sighs> talking about it's a scary moment. <laughs> But but as a result of that, is that why you are the gunslinger? Because to me, when I heard that nickname, I thought, all right, this Asian cat over here is talking about being a gunslinger. And I don't know if you've seen many Western movies, but um, very few Asians in those movies. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, listen, yeah, yeah. you, you uh, what is it? Lou Diamond Phillips was kind of Asian-ish. He was yeah. in uh, Young Guns, so he was around. But I guess the reason why I point this out is I didn't know why you got the nickname. So where does the gunslinger come from? Is it because of that or is there other summer weird reason that you got it? it? Actually, it's like multiple things. Part of it, yeah, so, you know, it's like the shootout, right? Part of it is like I remember um, I had a my first big stage performance was at a fight to win in uh, San Jose. It okay. was against uh, Tyson Griffin, the, okay. yeah. the UFC fighter. Um, and after the match... I won, and then I like I just in that moment I was like, I'm gonna shoot the guns, and so I went, boom, boom, ooh, <laughs> solid performance, <laughs> you know, and even better, uh, af af or was it after performance, whatever sure. shootout. So that that was great. Uh, I love that, and then it kind of just became a thing, and I just started liking it, you know. So after every match, I would like find the camera, I'll do like different shootout stuff. And that kind of just built on that, you know, and then it was like, you know, the gunslinger is the way to go, you know, I, I still got some more stuff I want to put out soon. So, you know, it, it'll, it'll keep coming, guys. I'll, I'll keep thinking of something to do with guns. Um, and also, I like guns, man. That's another thing. Understood. Uh, so when you say that, I take a minute and I think about it. And it wasn't until you prompted it that I go, oh, my God, I do remember one of those. I don't know if it was that one. But I remember one where you were doing this. And this is how much it doesn't phase me. I go, okay, 
what's this kid doing? And then I just, you know, when I hear you're called the gunslinger, I go, well, I got to ask him about this. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, we got Shooter McGavin over here, who's now about to terrorize Happy Gilmore and his friends. So when, you know, you explain it, I go, I'm not far off. So there is that. I will 100% concede this, though. So I can't figure out if it's more you or more Raimi that I was like, there were a couple moments where I had leg attacks and I was like, I just don't even want to do it. Like this dude could not walk and be fine. I'm a grown adult. If I don't walk somewhere, people are going to be like, what happened? I'm like, well, a friend, a new friend <laughs> hurt me. No, I, and I, I take care of everyone. I don't, I, but I don't, I've no, seen, I know exactly what you're doing. I, I know exactly the lull of confidence because there were a few times when I got to X guard and I was like, this seems a little too easy here. And you started grabbing underneath and there were at least three times that you switched and like rolled underneath with a grab of my leg. And I go, I don't like you, sir, doing this. I think that is a setup. I see right through this. But I legit, with other people, I probably would have taken it, gone for a reap, and, and done other stuff. So it definitely made me have to be a little bit more like, I guess we're sweeping him? Is that what we're doing now? So I had to rethink some of the strategies as I was going along. Yeah. I was trying to bait you in, man. You did, you, you caught on. I was like, ah, you want to let's... Just let him reap me. Let's let him. 100% knew the reap was. That, a, it was just change going. <laughs> and the best part was, and you forgot this. You had told me, you're like, I'm so much more than my leg attacks. And yeah. I was like, okay. And it I thought. Sounds like something I might say, yeah. Yeah. It's a, listen, I will pull up the receipts here, sir. I just, I have a very good memory. <laughs> No, you know what's, so the worst part is, is like the fact that it would bounce with the covering and you just hear on these very nice springboard mats. Doop, doop, doop. It wouldn't and even it hurt. Still it still wouldn't shatter. Wouldn't so. even shatter. Yeah. <laughs> but I just knew I was like, well, I want to see the rest of your stuff. And I knew the first minute that you were going for my legs. I was like, I thought so. Look at this kid setting up a beautiful heel hook here, like the trash he said he wasn't. So, uh, anyway, what I look, I was trying to, I was trying to show off some new stuff. Right? He didn't want to <laughs> enter, guys. So. The fact that you guys didn't get to see some cool inversions, some great entries, yeah, it's this man's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm it's saying. my fault. He's he he has the tape, and you're gonna see it. I'm trying, I'm trying. I want to show you. I want to show off. I want to show you guys some stuff. But he would not let me. That's all I'm saying. You know, I regret one thing. What's up? Is that um, if things were different, and I didn't want to take up too too much of your time. But uh, I do a game with guests. And the game is this. We give okay. them a submission card and they have to get that submission on me. They have two minutes to get that on me. Okay. If they're a black belt, I think it's one minute or something like that. Okay. And I was like, I wonder I if I should play that. challenge? Yeah, but I was like, I wonder <laughs> if I should play this game with him. Yeah. Like, that would be a lot of fun. And then I realized, I was like, I don't know who's, like, I don't have a second shooter. So it would just be a stagnant shot. Yeah. On that one, the trick is, I'm just doing mostly defense, but we have me roasting you the whole time while you're trying to do it. So some people are successful and some people are not. And I thought about it. I was like, it has to always happen before I've ever rolled with them. I think yeah. because if you know this and you saw that it was a move that, you know, you're like, shit, I can't get this one on wrap. It takes away from the fun after you kind of know my game. Of course. Yeah. But I thought it was like, oh, maybe I should do this with him. I yeah. regret not doing it. We should 100% done that game today because I feel like that would have been a crash course into a, yeah, um, these moves are good for me. These moves are very bad for me. So here you go. Yeah. But 
Perhaps in the future we'll play it. It's just yeah, now we'll you're now you're a little bit more um, aware Wait. of yeah. my nonsense. Okay. So. No, that sounds like a fun game. Um, I will say though, uh, I love it when the crowd's against me. I love it when people are talking shit. <laughs> so that might just turn me on another level. I, I actually. This Tyson Griffin match. Yeah. That's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, I came out like, oh, you know what? I respect this guy. Da, 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 da. And his crowd started booing me. And if you watch that tape, you see me smile. And that's the reason. <laughs> they were just booing me. They're like, boo. Uh, all this stuff. And you just see me go. And I'm smiling. Oh, my God. I can still remember it. And I look across, you know, Tyson's trying to be nice. He's clapping. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you guys boo me? Watch this. Wow. And so I started out. <laughs> my buddy, one of my buddies that was there, he was like, dude, I, I heard the crowd boo. And then as soon as the match started, I see you blast double him. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's on. Because <laughs> usually that's yeah. not, you know, if you watch most of my tape, I'm like, I'm pulling guard. I'm like being nice yeah. stuff. But right off the bat, blast double. And it's just like, he was like, what the heck is going on? You're like a reverse Tinkerbell, essentially. You're just like, booze? Oh, you're just powering me. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I didn't even have all these steroids before, but now my body's infused like it was. Acai. I mean, what? <laughs> so yeah. when I do see you like that, though, I think we'll, I'll give you some lines. Maybe I'll, okay. I'll write down some good heel okay. work for you, yeah, 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 and I'll, I'll just feed them to you so that way you have them. Because I feel like a good heel, again, mm -hmm. pro wrestler, uh, aficionado, they have to have some good like slams in the can because the oh, you never know how the audience is going to go. Yeah. So as somebody who's done stand-up comedy, there are some times where you see the audience, they start getting a little rowdy. Yeah. So you have these people who would like be doing jokes or whatever at your expense or whatever and you just look at them and you're like, hey, what's up? And there's things that you do as a performer where you go, mm. first thing you should ever do if somebody heckles you, repeat the joke because the audience didn't hear it all. So you give the audience a chance. And my favorite thing was always like, you're trying to insult me. People paid to come see me. Nobody paid to come see you. And then people are always like, yeah, well, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now you're drunk. Now I know you're drunk. So now it's just a matter of picking out all those things. So you, you have to have a couple stock things yeah, that yeah, you can yeah. go to. So that way, if like you go over, because I feel like the next step is you going to somebody in the crowd and be like, to like these kids and be like, yeah, what's this? Oh, you got a hat on? Knock the hat off. You're like, whatever. What is this? Water? Pour it out. Boom. <laughs> Bet that was $6, kid. So I'm going to I'm gonna really finesse you as being the heel. Raimi can teach you all the technique, but he yeah, can't yeah. teach you how to be a good heel. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's where I'll come in handy. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it to a certain point. You know, I might not knock the hat off of a kid, but you know. Oh, dude, you got to you gotta commit, shit. bro. You got to commit. I got to all the way. Yeah. All right. what, nobody likes a pretend heel. They're like, he's only a heel. Within reason. Boring, boo. <laughs> Give me the heel that gets in the kid's face and yeah. like totally tells him that he's a loser and that he needs to go back to kindergarten. Like whatever dumb things you've got. So uh, what did you enjoy the most about this first experience at Sparstar? Because for you now, you mentioned the adrenaline rush that you get with this crowd. When it's all said and done, you might have been mad about your first round, but the rest of the performance, I think you should be pleased with. So even if you don't get a finish per se, I thought that fight could have been stopped. Yeah. So somewhere in your head, you have to have some feelings about your performance as a whole and the experience as a whole. What were they? 
uh, I'm, I'm never really happy with my performances, I'll be honest with you. Like, a lot of, you know, even like, uh, so Raimi was talking to me after we did the, the subversive in San Diego, and he was like, dude, like, you did great. And I'm like, eh. I'm like, I just feel I can do better. Even like now, you mentioned me the second and the third round. I could have done more. I think there's a you lot. You had back mount and we're punching this <laughs> dude that couldn't get you again. When you got back mount on me, yeah. you apologized. You're like, it's about to get bad. And I yeah. said, I know I've seen your tape. Yeah. Like yeah. I know what happens here. I, I'm not imagining you're not going to put pressure on it, but I love the fact that you're like, this is, this part hurts. I'm like, it all hurts kid. Jiu-jitsu is not supposed to be fun. Like it's yeah. supposed to be terrible. Um, as a result of that, though, yes, you could be self-critical. Yeah. But there's a part of your brain that has to acknowledge that it was of good. Course, of okay. course. No, for sure. Um, I think the, the parts that I, acknowledges, or acknowledges, that I acknowledge that are good are my ability to, like, change up the game when I need to. Mm. Right? Those parts. Um, and then it's, it's just for me, it's very objective. It's just, okay – did I do what I needed to do in the sense, or, or sorry, um, what are the things I did right? So some of the things I did right, it's the first, second round transition, right? We went from striking to totally grappling, right? Uh, my coach is letting me know that, and we changed it up right away, okay? Uh, those, I think the third round, I made an adjustment in the mount. So I was too mount heavy and just didn't really have fun there. And so he was able to slip out and stuff like that. So that was another adjustment I made in the third round, right? Um, little things here and there that, sure, I can, I don't want to, like, be happy. It's more like, okay, I did that good, cool. Next fight, I'll keep that. And then what didn't I do right, right? Like, maybe I was kind of, like, protecting my hand because, like, ah, I got to fight again, so I don't want to punch him and break my knuckle or something. So I was just hammer fisting the whole time. So if I had changed, you know, three or four of those shots and I actually hit them, I think I would have just knocked them out or something, right? Yeah. So um, little things like that that maybe I shouldn't have been as reserved. Um, these next couple of fights, just because, you know, the year is about to end, maybe I'll go out with a bang and just, just go all out. So we'll, okay. you know, little things like that. Um, I'm just looking at more on the objective side as much as I can. That's it. Okay. Uh, for me, the enjoyment is like, seeing my growth that's that's the real enjoyment for me is oh this first fight i had all you know this amount of jitters or whatever i didn't perform to this level okay i want myself to be here but i was performing here what was the reason okay next fight i'm here i, I know i can get here so every fight is just about reaching that and when i get there then it's about the next one that's 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 my high okay so that's really it it's just chasing that high, you know? And I don't mean high in the sense of like the feeling, it's just like my art, my craft, right? Even maybe after the, you know, after the the fight, the post-interview, you know, maybe the things I say could be better, you know? Maybe I'm, I should be more- I can help you with that. That know? part I've got. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'm again, I'm gonna write it out for you. Okay. And I don't need it to be word for word perfect, right. but I'm gonna make sure that at least there, because what is this? You yelled out, where are these Latinas <laughs> and white women at? All right, no, 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 all right. You people got it wrong, okay. So I saw Ric Flair, I think like a week before, Ric Flair was oh, like- God. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great line, it was a great line, guys. Ric Flair said, um, somewhere along the line of this, I might butcher it. I'm sorry. Uh, he said, uh, ladies, you can't be first, 
but all of you can be next. And I said somewhere along that line, it was a great line, you know? So you literally just tried to repurpose a Ric Flair line and you're like, and it was great. You know, you gotta, you gotta hone in though. Okay. You can't be too broad. You can't be like everyone. Right. So you first, you take just two ethnicities first. Okay. And slowly you can integrate them. Oh boy. Okay. You just literally were like, maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 no. Okay. (laughs) Ric Flair is one of the top tier people to try and emulate. If you are going to pull that in, I just saw these guys. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. Goat, goat of, of promos. He definitely paved the way. And so influential that Connor and everybody after him is a derivative of that. Yeah. Ric Flair, Muhammad Ali is another one. I mean, he's man. I, that's, that's another guy that I watch. I'm like, wow. That's that's the guy you gotta watch. That's the guy you gotta understand. That's the guy that understands the whole game, yeah. not just boxing, not just talking. He knows it all. Yeah, you know. So that's you know those guys is great. You know? okay. I like okay. that. I like that. So the reason why I bring this up is because um, for years, and this is only personal to me. I don't know if it relates to you, mm-hmm. but I found that my best success happened as a person who is a perfectionist when I learned how to balance an actual constructive criticism that propelled me faster. When I understood how to take that like perfectionist angle of like, no, I want to be better here. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like this. It was once I was able to hone in and be like, I'm going to accept what it is and then also acknowledge what went well in a way that's realistic. Because I feel like if you're too hard on yourself, it only furthers how much you could excel if you yes. can bottle it up in the right way. So that's kind of why I'm very particular with athletes when I go, yeah. you got to tell me this and you got to tell me this about what's good. Yeah. Because then I promise you the journey to the next part of being better happens faster if yeah. you can articulate. No, I I um I just don't express the, the good part because I know deep down, like I know, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I've already accepted that. And I don't want to be like just only promoting that that other good part because mm-hmm. I feel like where you hang your hat is where you're gonna end, right? So if I hang my hat on the fact that I got a dominant win and you know I dominated him really all three rounds, I didn't lose a round. Um, all that if I if I hang my hat there, how much more can I really go, right? So for me, if I talk about it, you know, on podcasts, whatever. It's just more like, you know, I'm, I am self-critical and that's that's who I truly am. I, I also, yeah, sure, I do enjoy the wins and stuff, but that's just for me. Yeah. You know, that's for me to take in. That's for me to like, you know, maybe I'm like driving alone and I'll, I'll appreciate those moments, right? So I do recognize the good, right? And it's enough that I'm like, okay, I've enjoyed it. Let's move on, right? I don't I don't want to dwell on it though. Yeah, that's that's that. the problem I see with a lot of people is they, they dwell on success too much. And that's a problem too, you know, um, but you're right. You're right. I I also, what you're saying saying makes sense. I have this uh, interpretation of like win or lose. Usually by Monday, I'm back to normal. Like, it's like, I can't, I can't live in the past on that success because I'm looking at the next thing. So, uh, a lot of our guys, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter what happens. They win, they lose. I go, you get a one day pity party or a one day celebration. And then Monday it's done. For me, it's honestly, it's really like just that day. So like I'll, I'll, you know, if I'm like competing else, wherever in San Diego, you know, I might be winning whatever tournament. Then I go out, you know, have fun, chat some people up, da, 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 you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) 
And I'll, I'll let that roll, right? Like the wind, I'll let them drown, all that roll in. But then once it's done, the next day we're back to training, you know? So even after that fight, the next day I'm back to training. I'm yep. like, I don't, I don't care. You know, I'm, then I'm like adjusting right away. Okay, what did I do wrong? Oh, I didn't do the cage. Okay, so today we're working on cage work, yep. right? Um, or whatever. So that's, that's really it. Well, the reason why I say one day yeah. <clears throat> is because one, one we day. have uh, a lot of our guys who will hit me up and they're like, hey, can I see my footage? No. Mm. They'll be like, why? And I go, what are you going to do? You can't fix it today. Yeah. You can maybe go tomorrow. You're not going to go tomorrow. Take a day. Live in what you're at. Because yeah. if you live in that bad moment, if you've lost, that's what makes you work harder. You have to like learn to absorb that loss and like yeah. let it not control you, but make you so frustrated that you're like, it's not going to happen again. Because if you do it that next day, you have a good chance of fixing stuff because it's mm -hmm. still fresh in your head but you don't have the obsession, the compulsion to yeah. get that habit out of you. What happens yeah. is you take that day break, you go away, and then all of a sudden you're just like, fuck, I want to go work on it now. And then what happens is Monday morning, yeah. 9 a.m., I send them the footage. Yeah. And I have to tell you, it's only recently that I started competing. And when I was doing it, I was like, I have to follow my own rule because yeah. I, I'm such a tape study guy. And I was so compelled to like hit up the guy and be like, yo, you get that footage, man? And instead I was just like, fuck, dude. So I felt like yeah. I was in the middle of like, a, you know, when people get off a drug, they have to do like, they're like, chain me in the room. Yeah, I'm not doing have. anything. I was like, yeah, you're essentially like getting the drug out of you. So yeah. I had to tell people, I was like, just don't answer any of my texts about the footage. And then what ends up happening is they give me the footage and on Monday, that was the lesson. I was like, hey, all of you guys are going to put me in this position here. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and I was like, yep, that's what we're doing. That's it. And I go, and I'm going to tell you how I fucked it up. And I'm going to tell you guys how I think we can fix it. And here's what we go. So that way you don't have the same problem I did. Yeah. And that one day for me that I had advised to so many other people for years paid off in dividends. Because yeah. when I saw my whole class fixing what I did and not fucking up like I did, I was like, then good. Yeah. Great. I don't know that I would be like that if I was doing it that Sunday. But everybody's different. Yeah. I just try to tell I, I you. I already dwell on it that day of, you know. Yeah. I, I like soak in on that already. Did I could be like Well, you also compete a lot. Yeah, so yeah. I do compete a lot. So that that allows me to just have already a rhythm. Yeah. Right. So as soon as because I, I yeah, the emotional aspect, right? Whether it's winning, losing, the feeling, that's all cool and all, but it's for me it's just objective so yeah i dwell on it for a little bit because you know i'm, I'm a human yep. i'm not I'm not a robot so i do kind of let that sink in and then well it's, now it's the next day it's time to it's a new day it's a fresh day now it's time to just problem solve so for me i guess for for some people it's that day for me it's like that whatever hours until the next day because i i've had situations where like you know, like I think my first week of jujitsu, like in Nogi, mm -hmm. I got caught. Or it was like my first day or whatever. I got caught in like, I think it was, uh, oh yeah, um, uh, Rimiyashi, they reaped in, caught my heel. The guy was being nice, didn't break my leg. And I was like, oh, like I couldn't sleep that night until like 4 a.m. And so that's me dwelling. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, okay, how do I solve it? Okay, mm -hmm. I solved it. Got done. Mm -hmm. You know? So, for me, the, the dwelling aspect doesn't last that long just mm. because if I take any longer, then I just like don't do anything. I just kind of like, oh, like, okay, now I'm just sitting here and maybe I feel it, maybe I don't, you know? Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, for me, the next day is typically like a good day. Now, I, I go based on feel, though. So sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to chill out this Sunday. Whether it's a win or loss, maybe I feel like, oh, it's too much. All right, let's, let's cool it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Can't train today, guys. I need to just sit out, right? Um, I might come in just to like watch or like get pointers to them, but I don't do anything for myself. So it is a feel for me. Um, that's not to say, you know, it's like always the next day or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's just a feel thing. Yeah. I understand that. Okay. So you talked about the first week of doing Nogi. I'd like to go back to origin story. Let's okay. talk about your very first class. What do you remember about your very first class of jujitsu? Talk to me about your very first jujitsu class. Okay. My fir very first jujitsu class, uh, showed up to, it was at my college. Uh, they did a, was it jujitsu for self-defense? Uh, I, I didn't have the gi at the time. Yeah. I didn't have a gi yet. I thought, I, I thought jujitsu was just always no gi. I, I honestly, I have no clue what really jujitsu is. I kind of like heard it through the grapevines because of wrestling. Mm -hmm. I just showed up and then we're just doing like just some basic movements. And I'm like, oh man, dude, the worst part is the mats they had were gymnastic mats. Mm. And I had burns all over and i was like oh this is what you need to do <laughs> and so so that was that was like kind of my first experience dude, into like actually like jujitsu mm. otherwise it was like we wrestled and then like my friend's like oh i know jujitsu or i, I do jujitsu and i was like okay well what do you do he's like oh you just try to hurt each other and then we would wrestle and then i just like grab a I just like grab something and just like pull on it or something like that. And I'm like, oh, it works. Or, oh, it, <laughs> nothing happened. That was, yeah, that's really it. <laughs> but that was, that was my first day of jiu-jitsu. It was just like this self-defense class for like months. You know, we were doing like once a week and just learning how to like, oh, if, you know, someone rape choke you. What do you do? Oh, you know, stuff like that. That's really it. <laughs> With that in mind. You were doing wrestling first. So when did you first start wrestling? Uh, I started wrestling in high school. Um, in high school, I did like three sports. I did wrestling. Uh, well, I did football, wrestling, and track. So mm. I, I was like three three-sport athlete. I was doing sports year-round. Yeah, and so I got maybe like three-ish months of wrestling in every year. Um, and that was fun. That was great, you know. Uh, too short for basketball guys, so you know, gotta know, gotta know where you play. You know, what about wrestling spoke to you initially? Because if you have all three sports, you have the ability to go through any one of those, and you probably could be pretty good. Uh, yeah. Like you, you have a good athlete's competition mindset. But what about wrestling spoke to you? Oof. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't really enjoy wrestling. I didn't. Um, there's this thing at our gym, our, our gym, our school, they call like go to night. So if you're in varsity for at least two years, I think it was for four years or yeah, yeah. At least two years within your, um, your tenure there at the school, then you get this thing called golden night and you have to be a three sport athlete. And that was the thing I came in wanting. Right. So, and then I fell in love with like, actually, I really enjoy football. That was the only thing I actually really enjoy. Like I probably invest six months out of the year in football and then the other three in wrestling and then track. So for me, football was the thing. What did you play in football? I played running back and um, like safety slash corner. Uh, if I was taller, guys, you guys wouldn't see me here. I'd be playing somewhere else. So another sport, you know what I mean? 
So calm down. We know how tall you are. It's fine. <laughs> it worked out a certain way. You're supposed to be doing jujitsu and MMA. Yeah. I just like the fact that you're like, yo, if I had found a genie and asked for a few extra inches of height, I would not be here on this podcast. And it's like, I'd be doing football. Sam, we, we got Allegedly. We we'll see. We, we, I was like, yeah, try the statistics of getting into football as well. Yeah, no, for real. There's, there's so many like highly skilled athletes. I'm always joking, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't really like wrestling, man. I, I, I just grit through it. I just like, you know, just showed up. I was pretty good. You know, never like great or anything. I had like a couple moves and that's it. You know, one of them being the guillotine. And then that's really it, you know. Um, Why did you stay in it then? Like, go to night. So that's the only that's reason the was only to just do really. that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was a point where it was like, you know, I got my cousin into it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I have to do this because also because he does it and he enjoys it now. Um, and then by my senior year, he wasn't there. So it was like just me alone. So I was like, like. You know, I, I enjoy maybe the first month or so of it because it's like, oh, like it's like, oh, gritty, you know. But after a while, it gets boring, you know, and I never improved. And it's not because of my coaches, to be fair. It was because of me. My, my approach to wrestling was just completely wrong. And um, I'm glad I had that experience, though, because I, I learned from that. And now I'm, my approach is very different to training when it comes to, you know, MMA and jujitsu was. Um, but yeah, that's, I think the main reason I didn't enjoy it is because I never improved. Mm. You know, and it was my own fault. So. And that's so weird because I feel like one of the best things that we get from wrestlers, and I'm sure maybe you have this perspective mm -hmm. now being an instructor and, and seeing a lot of people come and make the transition from wrestling into jujitsu. Yeah. Is that I can tell them to go drill and they'll do it without any problems. Yeah. So when I say like, hey, I need you to do it like this, they're the people who go, okay. And they go off and they go do it because their brains are trained to drill it a certain way yeah. like that. So you had almost kind of an opposite thing, which was I was probably going too hard and doing. No, I was too going much. live all day. Yeah, I, oh, I would literally wow. go live like, what practice like two to three hours. I would go live from after the warm up to the practice ends. That's it. Literally just endless rounds. Maybe like two water breaks. That's it. Just live, 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 live. That's it. Never drilled. Nothing. So. How many injuries did you take as a result of that? So many. Okay. Yeah. Good amount. Good, good amount. amount. Okay. Yeah. So we're, let's say if it's a week, right? No injuries that week? Like, or is it bi-weekly or monthly that you were getting Probably a big injury? Probably monthly. Monthly? No, Honestly, like, yeah. that's not that bad. That It could yeah, have been- I was also young. But, you know? it, but what I'm saying yeah. is, given how you know how you were training, it could have been worse. Oh, Like, yeah. the fact that you were training that hard and you weren't getting- injured as opposed to like weekly or daily yeah all things considered it was going pretty well for you to keep up health wise yeah i, I think so for sure um just not preferred as the right yeah. way of going about i mean it the amount of jujitsu i've done now it's probably like two folds or three folds of what i did in wrestling mm. and especially on that time but like i haven't really got any injuries really yeah like rarely if, wow. if anything it was like because I remember there was one tournament I stubbed a toe by accident because I was walking. Like I was walking. <laughs> so th there was like literally a tape of me. I, ha I have this. I'm, I'm not joking, you guys. Okay. I, I slowed the tape down and we can see it. I, um, I was, I, we were wrestling and then we we're out of bounds or something. And as I'm walking in, I like, my toe turns and it popped. And then I was like, okay, no more wrestling. I pull guard. 
I was like, all right, I got to pull guard now. But you literally see like me like limp a little bit and then I just like pull guard. And I slow the tape down and you see my toe like pointing one way. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> but that's, and then I have like some other ones that was because like, you know, someone was doing some illegal moves and, you know, stuff like that. I've had like maybe a total of three injuries out of what the three years I've been training. Okay. So one per year is not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Let's get into this though. So I always ask this. This is a, a formal question that we put in the show to everybody who comes on. Mm-hmm. When did you fall in love with jujitsu? Because there's something that you have to love about this sport to do it as more than just a hobby. Yeah. So do you remember when that happened and why did it happen for you? It grew over time. It grew over time. Um, at first I just started cause, um, well, the nogi aspect was because I, I was just getting fat during COVID man. I got too thick, you know? So I was like, ah, let me, let me go do this thing so I can lose a little weight. Also, I remember like, Talking to my friends about doing it in May, and I enjoyed that, you know. So let me let me check it out. So I started doing it. And I was like, oh, like I'm pretty good at it, but whatever. And then I started competing. And I remember like my first or second tournament. I remember like it just reignited this like like feeling within me, you know. Like uh, in the word of Mike Tyson is like the God of War awoken, you know. And I felt that, and I was like, oh, I need to compete. This is what I was missing these last couple of years when I didn't, didn't do anything, right? Uh, I was just really just lifting weights. And I was like, oh, I got to do this. And then over time, um, I trained for like six or maybe seven or eight months. And then I, um, I met Raimi. And then they were getting ready for like ADCC trials at the time. And then I got ready for it. I was like, oh, let me do this thing. And then I started getting down that path of ADCC, you know, potentially trying to you know, win ADCC, making, winning trials and all these things. And that's when I kind of like, I think got off course of what I really wanted to do was MMA, you know? So I kind of like got reeled in too much to some degree. Um, but I really enjoyed it though. I love the aspect that I could just compete every weekend and, you know, like that was fun, you know, traveling, like, you know, even though it sucks, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't have a, all the money in the world. Right. So mm-hmm. all of it was fun though. Every little aspect was fun for me. Do you remember the first time you met Raimi? Oh, yeah. This is a story I always tell people. As, um, I'm going to make fun of him here. He had a mask on. Uh, <laughs> no, but I... So I've had some people, you know, when I heard through grapevines, it's, you know, it's Raimi. If you're in 10 Planet, you're going to know him. So people are telling me about him. And I'm like, ah, all right, cool, whatever. And then I decided, uh, what was it? No, I had a tournament with his students and they, you know, they were like, oh, you got to see him, you know, you got to see him. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll eventually go. And I think that week or the week after I went to the class, you know, he had his little mask on, you know, whatever. Um, and he was showing a uh, ankle pick, right? He's showing this ankle pick and he would explain it to me. And, you know, the amount of wrestling I did, I was like, I know what an ankle pick is, come on. You know, what can this guy really show me? Like <laughs> cocky, arrogant. And he showed it. And I remember as soon as he was done showing the move, and he was like, all right, guys, go. I like, clap. I was like, hey, I know nothing about wrestling. I legitimately thought that. And I was like, this guy has no wrestling experience. He managed to show me wrestling, who technically has more wrestling experience than he does. And I was like, 
I have to train under this guy. And since then, you know, and you can literally see, like, again, like the tape is where it shows everything. My progress before I met Remy versus my progress after was like, that was the point I started going on, you know, doing all these like qualifiers. That's when the ADCC stuff, fight to wins, and then WNO and like all that started reeling in within a year and a half. Versus me before, it was like doing Nandas and like placing, right? Sure. I, I won like at like intermediate or whatever, but I never won like the expert or whatever. And then Raimi and then just, pew, that's really it. Why do you think you guys click so much? Because in my short time of seeing you guys together, you know, anytime he's working with somebody, he, they have my attention. So it's always like, oh, okay, cool. Who's he working with now? And you kind of emerged from my perspective as a new protege or like a new somebody that he's been working with where I go, oh, well, this will be interesting. And then I saw the way you worked and I go, yeah, that checks out. That looks like some stuff that he would do. All right, that's cool. And it's my way of keeping up with people I don't always get to see. So if I don't see him regularly, you know, it's cool to be like, oh, that's some shit they're working on. Yo, that looks really cool. Yeah. But even seeing you guys here, you know, you guys are bickering, putting together shelf units for Sorry, the gym. No, you're okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you're basically like a married couple <laughs> yelling at each other. Be like, I told you it doesn't work like that. Mm, I think it works like this. Yeah. And I'm just setting up stuff on the side. I'm like, I'm not going to get involved in any of this. These two. You're telling me like you wanted to film that instead. I, 100%. Podcast. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be funnier than this. I think they're funnier just like yelling yeah. at each other. And then like you got down to breaking down stereotypes as to why these things weren't working. And I just go, what, what's happening here? So I can understand there's a closeness just in the way you talk to each other, but I want to know why you think the two of you click and work so well. Uh, I think it's the way we think, you know. Um, he's, he's just, you know, he, in his own way, he's very objective too. Um, our other coach, Coach Ben, he's the same way, you know. So a lot of, do obviously through the times we, we trained together before, we spent so much time together. You know, um, and also I'm so the, so the relationship really is because I'm willing to learn and both of them are willing to give. Mm -hmm. And that's really what makes it work. Right. So when I first met Ramey and Ben too, like at least this part is for Ramey is when I first met him. Who the fuck is this kid? Right. You can cuss, right? Yeah. Who is this kid? Right. And. Why would you even invest time in this kid that you don't even know that does drop-in? You know what I mean? Because I, I didn't train with him right away. I only did drop-ins. And this guy would spend, we're at the gym at like 12, 1, 2 a.m. <laughs> like, and he's like, no, 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 right? Tell me stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me show you the sequence. And we're like, dude, it's 2 a.m. I mean, obviously, I didn't think that way. I was just like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's learn some more shit, right? And that, that was the relationship we had. And he was just more, he was so giving that I was like, oh. I was almost like, oh, shit, like, am I taking too much? Like, I almost, like, was put off because I was like, oh, like, he's giving me a lot. He's just willing to give. And I think a person like him, I would assume, enjoys giving to someone who's willing to learn. And that's what makes him a great coach. And same thing with Ben. He talks a lot about with me with the mental stuff and we do work some other stuff on the side like cage wrestling and stuff now for mma but same thing more than willing to give you know um i'm not the 
smartest or the brightest guy. But so when I ask them questions, sometimes I'm asking like three, four times, like, oh, mm. you know, I, I know you showed me this before. You know, I, I know it's, you know, we, we've gone over this a couple of times, but what was it again? <laughs> you know, so, and they're always happy to show. They're not like, I showed you last five times. Like, why can't you remember? They're just more than happy to show. And that, I think, it was God's will, I guess. You know, it just so happens that I was willing to learn. They were willing to give. And it just matched, you know. But the bickering, that's just us bullshitting. That's no, just, I, I get like, it. And I, I, like I said, a yeah. married couple. You guys, I just, at a certain point, I thought, am I interrupting something here? Is this a good day to do the show? Because I can always come back, I guess. But, you know, it, it's, I think, not too different than most other people's very close proximity with their coaches or, or their mentor mentee kind of things, or, you know, sometimes people just become peers and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff that you guys have, have done to put into this very wonderful place. Hello, 10th planet, thousand Oaks that I see the, the fruits of it manifesting. And I see that you guys have a great, great spot. Now it doesn't mean that it just happened out of nowhere. It meant yeah. that you guys had to put in work to make a lot of this stuff work. And when that happens, it means that sometimes there's going to be a disagreement of like, that's not how a shelf gets built. Yeah. You bought the wrong thing. Yeah. And then there's this moment of you guys having a shorthand with each other that I go, yeah, they're tight. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just confirms everything that we see from the outside perspective. Because again, I have seen you uh, with him in your corner. I've seen you compete and I've been like, oh, there's something to you that I think is really cool. And then you see you compete in MMA and I go, well, if we got to lose you on the jujitsu side, yeah, it looks like it's kind of worth it because you really do look like you're having a blast in MMA yeah. from those look, experiences. To be, to be fair too, like the more I grow in MMA, the more jujitsu will grow with it. Nah, right? nah, don't do that you bullshit. Know, don't, don't, nah, don't, no, 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 no. I, I still love jujitsu. No, I, I get it. I still love jujitsu, but... I have to go what's best. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I've done this with a lot of people. I, I cannot tell you the list of people yeah. that I've been like, cool, Hadolfo, go. Cool, Rafael Lovato Jr., just leave us. Because you know what happens? I'm studying them. And when they go away, they're doing things that are interesting to me, but I'm not wrist writing somebody to punch them in the face. That's not That's stuff true. that I'm trying to do. That's true. That's like, what am I going to tell my students when I go back and be like, hey, guys, this week, um, I'm, don't be a pussy. I'm going to punch you in the face, okay? <laughs> so just first and foremost, if I punch you in the face, coach is doing it and trust coach. Like, I might tell them like, hey, yeah. if you fight, this is kind of something I'm seeing Rafael Lovato Jr. do. Yeah, of course. That's cool. None of you guys fight. And if you do fight, uh, you got a different coach for that. So all good. But I like to tell people whenever I coach on the side, uh, if they fight MMA, I'm like, I will help you on the jiu-jitsu side and hand you back to your other coach. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know what I'm good at. I know this helps you, et cetera, et cetera. So I just say that whenever somebody on the jiu-jitsu side goes to MMA and they do this whole like, no, it's good for the sport. It don't, no, see, it's all good, baby. It's cool. It's cool. Everybody's going to be fine. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Come back here. Win some other shit. And uh, let, me, let, me, let me steal the shit that you're doing. I want to learn that stuff. So that's yeah. all. I mean, you know, I mean, if if you look at it, you know, if I if I can't perform at my best, knowing that, you know, 
I could do something else even better. Oh, God damn right. it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I gave you the opportunity. I was like, you just go do something else. It's fine. It's fine. And you literally were like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why. It's good that I leave you. Like, it's like, look, baby, it's not, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> it's legitimately like a deadbeat dad that leaves and goes, hey, let me tell you why I got to go do this, okay? This is, this is for dad, okay? But it's also good for you. It's going to teach you character. I got to go buy the milk. Exactly. I got to go get the milk real quick. These cigarettes right aren't buying themselves. <laughs> so when I hear people tell me that, I was like, you can do whatever you want. Just don't try and make me feel fucking better about this. Like we had some therapy breakthrough. He's making me feel so bad. I should. This is, this is what I do. I tell people I would prefer you over on this side. And then I see your fight and I go, shit, he's pretty good. All right, fuck. Well, we're going to lose him for a bit. Well, at least, at least I'm pretty good. All right. At least it's not like I'm going yeah. to them getting my face. Absolutely. Beat. I mean, so. if you got murked, this interview was not about to happen. So <laughs> it's not like I'm coming here to interview people and be like, yo, you got the shit kicked out of you. Tell me about that. How does CTE feel? Like <laughs> oh, those dude, interviews yeah, don't yeah. go well. And yeah. I do tell people, I'm like, you don't always have to win to be on the show, but yeah. it's a much better interview if we have something to celebrate. Yes. But I've also told athletes, I'm like, if I think you did such a good job that it's worth talking about, it's an epic fight. I don't care if you win or lose. Yeah, of course. It's cool. Come on. We'll talk about it. It's just the athletes aren't always up to the best uh, mentality or enthusiasm yeah, about being like, cool, I lost that one. Let's spend 30 minutes on it. Talking about it. Yeah, yep. Yep. Really want to relive that. <laughs> so I, I just try to pick up things that I go, oh, this is a moment. And for you to have your debut at Star, Star was a moment. Like fighting for them for the first time. Yeah. It was like, all right, this is a cool intersection of let's actually meet. Let's talk about what I've seen from the jujitsu side and let's kind of see where you're heading. So I guess the next question is, where do you see yourself heading in MMA? Like what's yeah. coming up next for you? Because I know you have another fight already in line. Let's talk about that. But tell me where you see yourself in MMA in about a year or two years. Yeah, I think I got maybe four five fights in amateurs just because i need it there's some things i need to fix mm -hmm. once i fix those things then it's pro i i see myself doing pro for maybe one or two years before the ufc so there's some things again there's just some things i need to fix and uh technically on the, on the fighting end um and then i'm also using that experience to improve the talking aspect right because that's what's going to get you to the ufc fast so yeah i think Maybe in the next year, I'm probably going to go pro. And then right after that, we're, you know, then we're going. We're, we're doing everything possible. We're fighting everybody. Everybody can get these hands. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the pro journey soon. So be ready for that on the scene. All right. Uh, but this next fight, um, you know, we got a guy. He's a grappler, too. So that's going to be very interesting. Nice. Um, so you guys will get to see me against a another grappler in, in the MMA realm. You will see probably some striking too, because maybe that's where he believes my weakness is. So yeah, that's going to be a very interesting fight. So make sure you tune in uh, November 25th. It's Bar Stars, Commerce Casino. Look at that. Good. Good job promoting your fight. Look at that. <laughs> It's a, practicing, practicing. It's, it's you know? like a B minus, so it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, it could you know be better I mean? for sure. You know what I mean? Like let's let's pepper it in. A little little help here, okay? <laughs> so look over this way. Okay. What are you guys doing November twenty fifth? You're watching me fight. Why wouldn't you come to see me fight? 
All right, start with that. Second of all, make love to this camera, dude. Whenever you're talking to it, what is it? What is this laid back thing? What are you, the fucking bad kid in school who's been like, nah, teach, I just chill like this. You're promoing your stuff. You got to get in their face. You got to look right at them. All right, so I'm going to do what you should be doing. Okay, I'm, I'm observing. I'm yeah, watch learning. this. Yeah, yeah. All right, what are you guys doing? November 25th. You're watching me fight, right? You're going to show up to watch me fight. Actually, I need to say this as you now because I've said it twice as myself. I want to make sure we're very clear. If anybody's like, is Raph fighting? No, 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 no. No, I'm fighting. I, so, I should be doing him, right? So, Pretend I'm him. So, November 25th, this young man is fighting. And you know what he does? Not only does he head kick, he's going to murk another grappler. Like, he's waiting for the opportunity to show these hands right here. These hands, these hands. Actually, those hands. He's going to show those hands to somebody's face. And he's telling you, maybe he's not even going to fucking punch him. Maybe it's going to be a grappling against grappling match. You don't even know. You got to show up. You got to pay to play. And if you've seen the last work from this man, that mount that he had, terrible. And it means bad things. Can a grappler get out of that? I guess you got to pay to play. November 25th, you want to see this man get a knockout, be critical of himself, go party, still be thinking about that fight, even if he got the win and it was dominant. He might be like, man, I wish I could have finished that in one minute instead of one minute 30. That's the kind of person you want to go see. Like that's the shit that made the top tier athletes. So why, why have you not gone to that website right now and gotten a ticket for yourself or come to see this man in person over here at 10th Planet Thousand Oaks, which opens November 4th. And if you're seeing this after November 4th, it means you haven't gone yet. What's wrong with you? November 4th, come check them out. And if you're seeing this after November 4th, come pay them a visit, take a private from this man and go see him fight on November 25th. Two easy dates to remember. That's the best plug ever. How can I hire you? Oh, you're going to take privates from me, fam. That's what we're doing here. I'm just <laughs> that letting you know. That was great. That was great. I'm like sitting back. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to step back. I have to sit back and watch now. Now I got to really sit back. It's, you know what it is? You literally are just promising them what you're already going to do. Don't overpromise anything. Okay. What you're basically telling them is, in the past, you've done this. But there's an uncertainty what happens on the 25th. So you play off that uncertainty and you say, why wouldn't you want to come see that? If it's grappler versus grappler, that's what we pay for. And it's not just with, oh, these jujitsu rules. Oh, I can't use my hands. Oh, no, I can't slap this person into combat. No, this is straight out MMA. Come see this man fight. Yeah. Spar star. Get it. Yeah, you get to see this these powerful, powerful hands just landing on someone's face constantly. See, yeah, that's good. You, you know what your, your kind of MO is? You're a little bit more horror movie voice right now. You're like, yeah. So I'm like, yo, Jigsaw's here? Like, what's happening, fam? Hey, I'm switching up all the but, time. But you know? we're, this, this mind just goes, you know? <laughs> this mind just goes. I might, I might be seductive the yeah. next second. No, you know? no, I don't. I don't think you need to do that, dude. You've already been a stripper picking up some bad dollars before no, one that, of your fights. that was not a stripper, okay? That okay. was like, that was like a... a, a uh, um, what is it called? Like a scary movie, like no, demon walk. No, like I want to. You know what? Here's hey, if I'm a stripper, as long as I'm making money, bro. OnlyFans, subscribe. Do you have an OnlyFans? <laughs> I was like, no. Everybody's getting one now. Did you see that Steve Miocic? Allegedly. Huh? <laughs> did you say? Uh, did you see Steve Miocic when they canceled his fight against John Jones? Yeah. First of all, he doesn't talk the best, but we love him. Yeah, One of the goats. Great, great. Great guy. But when they announced his reaction to losing the fight with John Jones, 
he put up a statement that just goes, see my OnlyFans to get my official reaction. I was like, dude, I'm not going to that. Can someone just do a recap of what this says here? Yeah. And I swear to God, I don't know if it's true. I didn't even look it up, but I swear to God, I saw somebody put up a post that said you could go and he was one of those accounts that you could sign up for free to see. Like you didn't even have to pay for it. And I was like, bro, what's the point of doing it? Only fan. Like he's driving traffic then. I'm traffic. sure he's driving traffic, but that's the only time I'm going to look up Stipe Miocic, yeah, period. Yeah, so you at least should make your money while you're doing it. So what I'm going to do right now okay, is gonna I want... Show, he's going to show the video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it. Being a scary movie. It's not a scary movie. Scary look at this. I want you to look at it with me right now. You think it's a scary... Okay, look. Normal, smiley guy. Okay. Look at this dude. This nerd's about to fight. And then look, now you're looking at the camera, punching, punching. Yeah, punching. Okay, and then look, uh, uh, there's an underhook right here. All right, jumping, jumping up and down. I'm hype with you. And then, uh-oh, uh-oh, why are we on the ground? What, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what? Watch his teeth come out. Look at that. That's a scary man look, bro. That's not a scary. You know, <laughs> dude, listen, this is a dude who got hired for a bachelorette party. And is literally coming over, and you're probably going to hey, take a dollar out of any, their boosty air. You, uh, you know, <laughs> any of you ladies out there that yep. needs a, a stripper for your, uh, you know, uh, bachelorette party in Thousand Oaks or anywhere, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. This is not how I thought this interview would go. But I will say this. Always be ready for the unpredictability. Don't do that voice. That's not the good voice. That's not the one that sells. You are not charmed. No. You are not charmed by that. No, you know what it is. It's weird when you're also confused if it's charming. You're, you're not charming, but that's question. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. All right. All right. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're gonna put a pin on the conversation right now. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you that camera right there. You're gonna look at it. You're gonna tell people. You're gonna remind them about your fight. But now with your big kid voice, you're gonna come out. Okay. Give me a good promo on that, and then I want you to thank your sponsors and anybody who helped you uh, get that win last time. So. That over there, that, that's you. That's your camera going in three, two, one. Camera's on you, kid. All right, everybody. November 25th, Tian Lu, the gunslinger win, is going to be on Spar Star in the cage, smacking up some faces, okay? And grappling, ground and pound, cage work, everything involved, all right? Now, I want you guys to show up, buy some tickets online or from me, wherever you want. Make sure you use promo code LUU, L-U-U, all right? Now, if you can't make it, you can always stream it online at Sparstar on their YouTube channel, okay? Now, I want to thank out and shout out to some people, Infinite Movement, one of my best sponsors. They help me with all my gear, making sure that I get to show off these sexy legs for you guys, all right? So make sure you check them out, get some gear from them. Second, Foxhound Fuel has some of the best supplements for you, okay? Whether it's pre-workouts, hydration, or recovery, that's the way to go. He knows this. He's the, the guy, George, always helping out, hook him up, great people, okay? Third, I wanna shout out to Matt Prince right here. They print all of our gear for uh, Thousand Oaks, so, you know, you guys be ready for that. Some of the most comfortable shirts ever, okay? Feel this, it's like cashmere. Sure. Soft. Oh, that is soft. So, yeah, that's, that's nice. What that's what I'm saying. So this is literally, this is only things I wear. It's either infinite moving shorts or these shirts. That's it, man. Um, third, shout out to all my coaches, 
Coach Ben, Eric Ramey, Ian Harris, and of course, thanks to my gyms, that 10 Planet Thousand Oaks, School BJJ, and Fight Science. Okay. You guys, all the training partners, you guys showing up to the fight. I really appreciate that. Love the energy. Love everything from you guys, man. You guys are the best. Last thing I want to say, though, I want to make sure that I do work with a second, a pro Second Amendment company. So I'm definitely looking for some sponsors that are pro-gun. So if you guys got something in there for me, please hit me up. I'm here for it. His name's literally the gunslinger. Like, how would you not get a sponsorship from a gun company? That's what I'm saying. And don't they have money? I've seen gun sales go up. So they got money, dude. Exactly. So I'm the guy. I'm the guy to promote. So you guys hit me up. We set something up, right? I'm, I'm going to talk my ass off for all of you guys. So please join in. Join into the movement, you know? Lou University, as they call it, right? Be ready for it. <laughs> Who's calling it Lou University? Actually, one of my students came up with this, so I took it. <laughs> we might we have to might have to come out with a new name, but for now, it's Lou University. All right. Wow. Okay. Still at about a B minus, but we're yeah. getting there. You getting know what? There, getting there. I'm practicing. Practicing. You know what? We're gonna. We're, I'm gonna give you some tips off the air. Okay. okay. I'm gonna tell you how to how to bring it home. But I feel like what is happening now is. I could see the thought process. So the outline was much better this time. We're just going to, we're going to rein it in. Okay. Okay. Still a little weird. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're throwing it in there and being like, look at these sexy legs. Like, fam, come on, dude. You don't need to be saying that. If you are going to say that though, make money. Only fan shit. So that's the shit we're going to give on OnlyFans. That's what you need to plug. You're like, you guys should subscribe to OnlyFans. I'd be like, does he have one? I mean, you guys going to pay? Who's paying? So, uh, cool. All right. Uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You know, it was such a blast to get to roll with you and to actually to get to talk to you in person. I was so happy we were able to set this up. And it means a lot that you guys would have me come over here to uh, be one of the first people at the gym. It, it's a huge honor. And yeah. I wish nothing but continued success. So I will definitely be checking in. And. Let's do this again very soon, sir. Yeah, November fourth. See, hope to see you there, man. Oh, you know what? You yeah. did the exact same thing I did. You literally yeah. went like this, and it, it was literally the like, at, it, like without. It looked like it's it was coordinated. It was one hundred percent the power. Move. But you know what it was? I was like, no, I'm doing the power move, sir. <laughs> and then you did the exact same thing. So I'm gonna have to replay it. But um, my thanks and appreciation. I'm gonna close this up. But uh, again, continued success here, sir. Thank you. All right, you guys. I'm going to tell you this right now. I hope that you enjoyed this interview. If you did, do me a solid like, share, comment at the bottom. And if you're wondering what it is that you should comment about, I want you to give me a good one-liner in the comment section if you made it this far so that he has something in the bag because, you know, we, we got to get those promos up. You know what I mean? Like, give me your best one-liner insult in the comment section so that we could feed it to him so that way he can tell some kid who's got a hot dog somewhere to be like, shove oh, it somewhere. No. <laughs> so you can do that. And then also, go on over to hide.page backslash grappling hour. You can see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you're so kind, you can become a premium member. You can see tape studies with the athletes breaking down their matches. You can also see people roasting my competition footage, which I think is probably the best segment we have. And you can even check out bonus episodes where we do specialized episodes on things like steroids or even athletes that athletes have respected the most that they've competed against. So you can do all those things and you can join us on Discord to continue the conversations that we are having on this show. 
That's going to do it for us here. My name's Rafa Sparza. It's been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats. Thank you.